may know Christina Cohen Regan better as Sister of Sinister. She's talking to me now about how that came about and a lot, lot more as well. Hello, Christina. Hello. Nice to speak to you. Nice to speak to you. Yeah. So I'm talking to Christina Cohen Regan. Um, might be better to some, known to some of you as Sister of Sinister or House of Sinister, but more of that later. You're a model, you're a makeup artist, you're a creator of headpieces, and you're a studio owner as well. So where did it all begin? Um, well, I actually do photography as well. Oh, I missed that um, laugh. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I've got my fingers in many pies. Um, so I started uh, modelling just for, well, I, I'd say I started modelling. My friend just basically asked me to do a photo shoot um, just for fun for her college project. I was 16 years old. Um, in fact, I think her words were, you're quite vain, you know, you'll, you'll look good in front of the camera, you know. And <laughs> so that, and that's where it started. And then I got to about 19 um, and I'd continued doing the modelling just for fun. And at 19, I pretty much went full time. And then um, the makeup, I've always been interested in makeup and the makeup followed. And then the headdresses, obviously I've done art at school. I've always done things like that, performing arts, um, media studies, and then everything just sort of followed. And then the photography was the last thing to come. So the modeling, how long did that carry on for then? Did that, is that still ongoing or did that fall into the background? Um, no, I, I managed to balance all of them and I've been modelling since I was 16 and I still model now. Right. Um, I've, I've continued to do it. And the makeup, how did, how did that start? I mean, did you just say I'm going to be a makeup artist or did you actually go and do some qualifications or how did that go? Um, I started doing makeup for um, some of the people that I worked with in performing arts. Um, but I've always been into um, makeup in general. Where I did art at school, um, I think I did it uh, when I was it was GCSE level, and um, I decided to basically I thought, well, the methods that I uh, use in art, why don't I, you know, use my face as a canvas and actually start doing this just for fun? Um, my friends have always said, you know, you've always been good with makeup, you've always been creative, and I think what really you know made my mind up was when I had a photographer message me on um, Purpleport and they said look who's your makeup artist um, they're really really good and would love to um, do something together and I said well the makeup's actually done by me um, and then that pretty much set in stone you know I said to a few friends what do you think if I started doing makeup more as well and they said yeah go for it and I just I just did. So how long ago was that then? Oh that was probably I went full-time when I was 19 I think I was about 2021 um, when I started doing makeup more seriously. It might have been earlier, but it's the timelines, obviously, you know, I did so much in that time. It could have been a little bit earlier, probably roughly around the same time, um, probably when I was about 20, just turned 20, I reckon. Right. And what sort of makeup were you doing then? I mean, were you just doing general photo shoots? Were you doing specialist makeup? Or, or where did it all evolve from? I started doing, this is quite an interesting story, because I started doing, like, the makeup, the bold. I've always done bold eyes. You know, my mum always said to me, don't do bold, uh, bold eyes because it will close your eyes. And, you know, you've got these big blue. I say, well, my mum says blue, but I've always said grey. Um... And then I worked with, I met this uh, photographer um, across the road from where I used to work. And it, he went by the name Piella Studios. 
and that was the name of his photography studio. He had this like unit above this shop and he said, look, I've got all these ideas and I've got no one who is willing to do them. And obviously I'm quite a daring person. And obviously I said, well, look, whatever you want to throw at me, if I'm comfortable with it, I'll do it. And we just worked on so many unusual ideas for probably about two or three years. And that's when I really started to get noticed. And obviously me and Pierre together started doing, you know, we started merging our ideas together and, you know, we're still in contact now. I just don't see him as much. But um, he actually came to an exhibition that I did uh, a couple of years back and he was looking at my makeup that I was doing now. And he said, you know what, you've really, really evolved with what you've, what we started doing. So that's, that's when I got my big break. That's when it put me on the map. Yeah. But the makeup you do is not just general makeup, is it? I think more of it is more the outrageous stuff. Yeah. I tend to, you know, I'll get people that will contact me for just general beauty makeup. You know, I call it standard beauty makeup, you know, and I turn them down i just say look i'm the wrong person (laughs) for this job um i don't do weddings a lot of my friends will always say oh think of the money and it's like no it's not about necessarily the money it's it's the it's the creativity yeah from a photographer's point of view i mean Mm -hmm. do you ever find that they say well this would be very nice but um it takes too long and it takes too much time out of my shoot i mean how do you actually get around that part of it is do you mean from like the makeup point of view if i'm doing the makeup and then they shoot yes is that what you mean yeah i mean photographers will ask me all the time they'll say i've got this idea you know um what i tend to do is um do a build-up so if a photographer's got a series of different images like a mood board i'll say right we could probably do that one we could probably do that one um and then they'll always say well look really want the glitter and I always say to them, do it last, because obviously when you've got it on, it's on. Yeah. And you'll need to probably have a shower afterwards, you know, yeah. to get to remove it all. Because there's, it's not just the glitter, there's, there's paint involved, there's pigments, um, chrome pigments, and then obviously the glitter's on top. And it's yeah. all about layering and creating this art piece and building it up. So I start off with something relatively simple, then more bold, a bit more bold, and then the big, the big one, yeah. I call it. The, the glitter that you mentioned there, we will come back to later on because, I mean, that comes back into the story a little bit further on, I think. Mm-hmm. So tell me where Sister of Sinister came from. So Sister of Sinister um, was a name that I came up with. Um, it was actually Sisters of Sinister. I actually started doing this with another fr- oh, well, a friend of mine. Um, who I used to work with um, and initially Sister of Sinister was for my more of my music um, because I used to do music when I was at university um, songwriting um, and production because uh, I wanted to be in, in the studio you know with the with the fancy computer and all the different music softwares that you use nowadays like Logic and things like that um, and that's what I initially wanted to do so I started a page and then Sisters of Sinister sort of came um, from nowhere really with, with this friend and we started doing a duo act together and then my music kind of took a back seat and then I started pursuing um, more of the modelling um, and I had in the end we decided to, to disband because obviously there was a bit of clash of interests. Um, she wanted to do her thing and I wanted to do my thing but I was getting a lot of photographers contacting me you know to do a solo kind of 
situation yeah. and I think she got a bit offended by that so I think it kind of cla we clashed a little bit because I think initially we wanted to do it we were we were a duo act um, so that was the whole idea and then obviously that's when I decided to do my own thing and be sister of Sinister right and then House of Sinister came mm-hmm and, and where what was the reason for that then um so obviously house is a very when you see the spelling of it obviously you know um my mum's side of the family is uh german jewish so hence my name cohen so it's a bit of a mix so obviously a how the house was a bit of like a nod to my my background a little bit right um, so the house was something I wanted to do makeup, obviously under a different sort of name, but still, um, it's like the sister company to sister of sinister. So yeah. basically it's, it's an extension of what I already do. Yeah. And then the house just, I thought, Oh my God, house of sinister. And I just thought that's good. You know, yeah. let's, let's use that. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, had already had a logo for sister of sinister. I just basically recreated the logo, but put house instead. Um, so all the banners that you see with either Sister of Sinister, House of Sinister, um, makeup artist, uh, bespoke headpiece designer, photographer, that all falls under the house. Whereas Sister of Sinister is just my modelling. So and that's how it all kind of evolved. Yeah. You mentioned photographer there, which was a bit I missed off the beginning and the bit that I possibly wasn't as aware of. So what sort of photography do you do? Um, well, I think... I started dabbling in photography um, bit by bit, actually, because my, my husband's a photographer. Um, and when we got together, I, I basically said, well, look, you know, I, I, I wouldn't mind trying, you know, this was going back a long time ago now. And I said, I wouldn't mind trying using a camera, you know, just seeing what, because my granddad used to do a bit of photography with these old film cameras. Yeah. And I just... I just sort of fell into it. I think my first day out with a camera, I think I was shooting um, a Bentley. <laughs> my friend, uh, one of my friends, Cindy, she's she basically, um, she gets these amazing cars. She's a journalist and she gets these amazing cars and she her job is to basically take them out somewhere and photograph them. It could be, it could be a Bentley, it could be a Lamborghini, it can be anything. Yeah. And she's been doing that for a very, very long time. She's very good at it. And uh, we got an opportunity. She said to Dom, look, do you want to come and hang out and take photos of this Bentley? And we were like, oh, brilliant. And we, we went for a drive in it, and it was absolutely a wonderful experience. And then that's where I started really falling in love with photography. Um, and then that's when all, all my weird stuff started coming out, you know, the portraits that I do. So. Yeah. And what about the headpieces? I mean, this is quite a big piece of your work now, isn't it, the headpieces? Mm -hmm. So tell me a bit more about them. So I've always enjoyed creating something, you know, my granddad was very, very creative. And I think this is, you know, I think that's where I get a lot of my creativity from. Um, so I've always wanted to make something, build something that I can call my own or design something for someone. You know, it, it's become like a whole production now because obviously um, where I do photography, when I do a photo shoot, Obviously, with the model, um, I'll do the then do the makeup and then I'll I'll put a headdress on them and I'll do a bit of styling with the outfits. Some of the models that I've worked with will use my outfits, um, so it's a whole production thing. So obviously, with the headpieces, I thought, well, what can I do that will just completely add a different flair to the photo shoots? 
and I just started doing some little headpieces just for fun and then that's when I re you know introduced that into my production as it were and it yeah. became a it just evolved from there and you said you started off doing little headpieces but I don't think most of the stuff you do now are little headpieces are they no I mean I went through a period of where um I started making giant monstrosities monstrosities um i made one um one of my friends uh jan marshall she's actually from scarborough and she's moved back there now um we worked together for years and we did like um we did the seasons and i remember she brought all these she said she found all these beautiful flowers and supplies from the shop um that she went to and she said i don't care how big they are build me some headpieces for our our just our fun shoots and I made this beautiful autumn one and you know, it, we actually went to Epping Forest and shot it in the middle of autumn and autumn's my favourite time of the year. Um, and this headpiece is absolutely massive and I'm, I've still got it and I just don't know where to put it. Um, it's that big and I, uh, it takes up a whole shelf. Yeah. So yeah, it's massive, but I've decided to only use it for myself now because it's it's very old and it's it's too big to photograph <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> but I mean, we're talking about all this styling you're doing and the headgear you do and things like that. And what I will mm. do at the end, I'll put a link to your uh, profiles and websites. So if anybody's really interested, they can go and look at them and they can see and just get a little bit of an idea of of what we are actually talking about. So yep. I'll, I'll put that all on at the end anyway. Fantastic. So you've, we've gone through all this, and we've gone through the model, the makeup artist, the headpieces, the photography, but yeah, that wasn't enough for you. You decided you got to have a studio as well. Yeah, again, it well, we were shooting in our front room, um, and obviously at the time we had our little Staffordshire Terrier, um, and we had two cats. We've now got three, <laughs> uh, three cats, and now we've got a Northern Inuit because we lost our 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 Rummy dog a few years ago um she, she's still here we had her cremated right. um so we were shooting in our front room and we had the backdrops and everything in the front room and we used to store them in the front room because we knew that if we had an idea I think sometimes there was a lot of you know times on a on a weekend where we would just sit down and have a couple of beers and and I'd get this idea and go right get the backdrop up let's do this <laughs> and and we'd shoot it and it just went from there and a lot of the personal ideas that I shoot, I actually shoot with my husband. Um, so he's part of my house team because I do have house models as well who I work with very closely. Um, right. And you'll see them on uh, on my profiles and Instagram. Um, the house models are normally, you know, you'll see them when I tag them, and and they're part of part of my team. Right. So you've got this studio now, and mm -hmm. I believe it's in quite a nice location, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It's uh, it's within the creative quarter in Folkestone, um, so it's just off the old high street. Um, and there's lots of boutiques and businesses, local businesses within the creative quarter. Artists, painters, jewellery designers. You know, there's lots of creative people, beings within this one little little space. And we uh, looked on the creative quarter website one day, and they said they've got some studio spaces available. Um, and they're just a couple of rooms. We viewed a couple that were absolutely tiny, more of an office space. And then this one particular space right at the top of the building um, just became available. Um, the only downside is there's a lot of stairs. Um, we don't have a lift, which is really annoying. <laughs> um, but it keeps you fit. <laughs> yeah. 
so, so you, you only get, you only get fit photographers in your studio then do you yeah they come through they've got big muscles now and that's <laughs> where they've been lugging the gear up and down all the time but um yeah and we just we just decide we just said look th- at the moment this is as good as it's going to get it's two rooms let's do this and so we did and presumably i mean you do your own work from there but presumably they hire the studio out as well yeah so i've basically made the studio available for one-to-ones small groups and then i said to my partner i said well what can i do differently just having it as a studio is not enough i need to do something where i can actually somewhere i can go to and build my creations um so a lot of the time if um a friend of mine shooting i will be there to help but also i'll be in the other room probably tweaking a headpiece that i've made and just adding a few bits to it um so i've actually made it a studio slash office space workshop where i can build all my pieces and i'm it's right at the top of the building i don't see no one i lock myself away it's just me and my dog and i just sit there building and then yeah it sounds idyllic once you've got to the top of the stairs yeah oh it's perfect there's a kettle and everything (laughs) (laughs) so what does the studio have to offer i mean has it got natural light is it an enclosed space an open space um well it's it's two rooms obviously you've got a little doorway with a curtain so you can you can literally just shut yourself away in the one room um it's got big windows so we do have really lovely natural light coming through and sometimes i will use the natural light when i'm taking a selfie um just because the way the light catches on the face once you've done full face of makeup it just looks fantastic um and then obviously we've got skylights in the ceiling but obviously in the main studio area where we've got the backdrop there was there still is a skylight that we've had to um block out you know the light coming through because it would bleed onto the onto the backdrop and even when we were stood at the top of the ladder we still struggled to get to it because the ceilings are quite high up right so i mean that is quite an advantage really because there's nothing more restricting than having a low ceiling in the studio yeah so the backdrops do go quite high up so obviously we, we you know we thought about there's a lot of thought that's gone into it We've got a TV in there, so if we want, uh, if the photographer wants to tether, then they can see the the photos on the big screen. They can do that as well. That sounds brilliant. That. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. And we've we've talked about it earlier. We, you talked about the glitter, and I think you do some glitter workshops from there as well, don't you? I do. I started doing um, the glitter workshops quite a long time ago now, um, quite a few years. And I just started doing them, not just in my studio. Um, I think, you know, I went to different, because obviously there are a couple of other people that I know in the industry. Um, they've got their own studio. Um, one of my good friends, Ian Blacklock, he's in uh, Rochester. And he's got a studio called Rochester Studios. And um, we go way back um, to my modeling days. So obviously, you know, he's a good friend and he's really, really lovely. I will go to his studio and put on some glitter workshops and they, they do sell out very, very quickly. Yeah, I um, can imagine. So, yeah, they do. And they've become very, very successful. Okay. So um, just tell me a little bit about them, you know, about what they achieve. So basically it's, it's basically all about pushing the boundaries and doing something really, really different. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, would say, Chris, you need to do an event you know, with your glitter stuff. And I said, well, actually, funny enough, I'm actually in, in the process of thinking about doing that. Um, and as soon as I started putting them on, they started selling out. And I do I do a lot of collaborations with other... Uh, so I do this thing called co-hosting. So basically, 
I will go to places like Rochester Studios um, and me and Ian will basically put the, the workshops on. Initially, they fall under my house of sinister name, yep. but then I will um, join forces with a studio owner or another photographer who owns a studio or a group of people and then we'll co-host it together. So the workshops fall under mainly the house, but I will co-host them with other photographers and we'll put them on together. Um, and you can structure them in different ways as well. That's what I love about them. You can, you know, but I'll engage with those photographers and say, right, they'll ask me how I do it. And obviously I'll say, well, look, if you've got a way of doing it, you know, that you think is better um, for your studio, that's fine. And how far afield do you wander with these workshops then? Um, well, I tend to uh, travel around London. I travel um, to the Midlands. I tra I'm, I'm willing to travel everywhere. There's a lot of people up in um, Yorkshire that I know that want me to come up there. That's still on the cards. Obviously, there's Scotland as well. Um, there's a model I'm, I'm friends with. She's very, she's quite similar to me actually. It's Savra. She does headdresses and she does uh, all the gothic outfits as well. She's very similar to me. She's from Poland and she's absolutely amazing. Right. And um, she's now in Scotland and she goes to places like Glencombe and places like that to model. And it's absolutely the pictures are awesome. So um, we've been in talks about joining forces and doing something up that way. So I tend to go wherever I I want to go really. Yeah. And as we're actually recording this now, um, the COVID-19 crisis that we've been in mm. is reaching a stage where we're not really sure where things are going to go, but it looks as if the situation might be improving. I mean, yeah. from, from your work point of view, have you got any thoughts about how things are going to progress from here onwards? At the moment, I'm not worrying too much because obviously I can still do my headdress designs. I've now started going back into my my studio to do these designs because where the studio is on the top floor, um, the way I can access the building, I literally get out of the car, go to the door, put the code in, open the door, close it, and literally go all the way up to the, the stairs, all the way to the top, and I see nobody because it's just a side entrance. So no one can, you have no contact with anyone. Um, so I can easily go up to my studio and literally close, lock the door if I have to and make sure no one comes in. Um, and I can just lock myself away. So that's easy. Yeah. Um, the hard part for me obviously is makeup because I can't social distance with makeup. Um, I'm now trying in the process of seeing what I can do, but at the moment I'm probably looking at doing makeup probably August, September time. Yeah. Yeah. But modeling I'm not sure yet. I don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah. And to be perfectly honest, I think we're all in the same boat. And I mean, I'm talking to people and everybody's got different ideas. But yeah. I mean, I hope that sometime in the near future, you'll come back and perhaps tell me a little bit more about how you're progressing. And we can talk a little bit more about what we're doing rather than what we're not doing. But yeah. for the moment, um, I think that's about it. So I'll just say thanks ever so much for coming and talking to me. And Hopefully we get a chance to do it again soon. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Smashing. Bye. Bye.